When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets Hello class, open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 4, Episode 11, Chapter Titled. Easy Street. Easy Street, we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back. That's my We're Back song. Uh, sorry we took the week off for our vacation, our much needed vacation. Our 24 hour vacation. Next year, when we take another vacation, hopefully we think about it and plan in advance and we're more professional about our um, our recording, but by professional I mean we've never made it. That we fact we've just lose money on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we invest and we do not get anything back from it, so except for you know this wonderful time that we get to share together. Every yeah, no, week. it's great. I just realized that the word professional probably shouldn't describe it. No, but I mean, like, if we wanted to aim for professionalism, we were way far off the mark by just not recording a podcast. Right. Anyway, so uh, how was your vacation, Tanya? My vacation was very nice. I went on a really nice date. Um, We ate seafood on on the beach. It was very nice. Um. But they were like these kids that just were watching us from a dune nearby. That, that it was joke only makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you could explain it. Okay. Well, we were uh, so we it was our anniversary, so we we did make it. By the way, those of you who bet on us, congratulations, you won. Uh, for those of you who didn't, um, we all lost money. So there are people get it because I bet it against us. There are people listening I that was who were there like when we got married. Like There are people listening right now that don't know we're married yet. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. You're right. There's at least two people that we know of right now. Yeah. That's always weird to me. Like That is weird. So sometimes when people join the Facebook group, I wonder like if it's a spoiler because <laughs> your name is Tanya Bear now. Mm, I see. It's a, it's a podcast spoiler. <laughs> Um, oh, hey, guys, we're married now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we, we've we been married a year, and uh, we wanted to celebrate it. Uh, we wanted to spice up our, our romance life, and we decided we were going to have a dinner on the beach, and we Tanya wanted sushi. I said, seafood sounds good, not sushi. That's a boring part of the story. <laughs> Anyways, we decided on a full-on... Sushi, I mean, a uh, uh, seafood platter. Alden it was crab said, legs. Hey, did you know that we can order from Captain George's? And I said, sounds good to me. So that's what we did. So it, we ordered, it came with crab legs, oysters, wait, clams. Yeah. Was yeah, it oysters clams, or clams? What's the difference? The, clams are much different than oysters. Um, it was clams, mussels. Well, that was me, though. <laughs> <laughs> Crab, shrimp, potatoes, and corn. Like four potatoes and two pieces of corn. It was for two people. Yeah, but there was so much crab leg and shrimp. Like, mm-hmm. to the point where I stopped eating. Which and that, is nuts. That was crazy. Because I love crab legs. It's and true. shrimp. And I can usually eat them until uh, the cows come home. 
And there's a Whole Foods really close to where we stay. So we went and got kombucha and <laughs> yeah. dessert. Uh, and we got the kids their dinner. And they were like, oh, no, you guys are going on to the beach. Does that mean we can't go to the beach they and were, watch the sunset? They were very upset because we were going to spend some time alone. And we don't ever. So yeah. they hate it when we do that. Uh, our kids are so weird. They want to be with us all, all the, the time. time. I, I don't. I don't. I love it. Yes, it makes us very happy. Like let's let's not. But get I don't it get wrong. it. I yeah. don't get it. Um, I I I did. I tell the story about when I was dropping Aubrey off. I dropped Aubrey off at a pool party, and she was just like, "Dad, Dad, what? Wait, watch, watch!" And like she just did not want me to let her go. And I'm like, "Damn." Caden spends the night at his friend's house and like I'll be like oh are you spending another night and they'll ask him to spend the night again they want him him to stay like a week yeah he has his own room at his friend's house it says Caden's room on the door but after a day after a day he's like no I just want to go home yeah that's weird and if we don't do things like play a board game with them or have a fire with them, it's like the end of the world. It's very sweet. Like, we are very, very lucky yeah. that our kids want to be with us because we want to be with them, too. Anyway, long except st- on our anniversary. Long story short, we said we were going to go to the beach, eat our dinner, and have a romantic dinner around a million other people who were like, what in the world is going on? But anyway, <laughs> um, and they were to, they could go to the beach, too, but go do their own thing. They could have their dessert on the beach. They can watch the sunset. They love doing that. They love watching the sunset, the sunrise. Um, anyway, we get 30 minutes into our meal, breaking open crab legs, just sitting there on the beach. And I look- Fighting off seagulls. <laughs> fighting off seagulls who wanted our crab legs because that was a great idea. And then we, I looked back behind us and I saw, first I saw our dog with- with Caden. So I, I saw Fred and I'm just like, oh my God. And Fred is like an arrow pointed straight at us. Yeah. Not because of us, probably. Probably because he smelled the food. Mm-hmm. But I look back and I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? They're like on a sand dune. Just Tw- like... 30 feet behind us. <laughs> but they say they didn't know it was us. And that is fair because we had like a tent thing up that we were in. And they didn't realize that we had that. But yeah. it was just funny. Like they just magnetized to their parents yeah anyway we had to leave early because of a hurricane but then we not spent... our dinner we still like we had a romantic date we walked mm-hmm. on the beach and then we ended up hanging out with our kids at yep. the end of it and walking back with our kids at the end of it but we did have to go back because of the hurricane the next day like halfway through the day yeah anyway but i don't mind being home so no, it, it doesn't wonderful. bother me there's plenty of fire emblem at home <laughs> And the chickens. We are so happy to get home to the chickens. That's true. Tanya was terrified the whole time about the chickens dying. I'm always terrified about the chickens dying. It's true. If you are a worrier, do not have a garden and do not have chickens. It is if very difficult. I've I've been married to you for a year. I've been dating you for seven years. And uh, there's nothing that you will not worry about. Because I love with everything <laughs> in my being. So, like, I can't not worry like what if all of this wonderful stuff is ripped from me that's fine but you can't say if you're a worrier don't get a garden don't get chickens because also if you're a worrier don't get i don't know cereal for dinner because that's gonna terrify you for some reason (laughs) um anyway we also watch boy meets world for the first time in two weeks that is true it was so weird to be back to it i was like where are we even what where are we like 
what part of, well, of the, are we even? <laughs> what part of the season are we in? And I forgot I what season we're on. He did. He was like, uh, what is it? Season four? I was like, it's been two weeks. It hasn't even been that long. Feels like it's been forever. But then. What? We got to the episode. Yes. And we clicked on it. Yes. And then you went to look up the writer and director. Correct. And what did we find out? Well, the episode 11 on the Boy Meets World wiki is a different episode 11 that's on Disney+. Plus. So I'm not sure how that worked out. It also was a different episode on IMDb. So it looks like they pulled the old switcheroo Mm -hmm. because Boy Meets World isn't known for their timelines. Like, it's not known for consistency. So it seems like they were like, it would make sense to have a Thanksgiving episode and then a Christmas episode and then they're back in school and we can move on with the season. Mm -hmm. That's what it seems like to me. I don't feel like Disney Plus cares enough to like meddle with the episode number order. You think it was a mistake? Probably, yes. But, or somewhere along the line, like, I don't know. They, They haven't done it in previous seasons where episodes get recorded to air in a specific order, but then, but then the network just kind of orders it however they want i don't right. know all Who i know it's they pull the old switcheroo all i know is if you watched another episode 11 sorry um we might have too i almost did but uh, but this week we watched this episode 11 which is easy street which was directed by jeff mccracken and was written by jeff Minnell. the jeff boys are back very nice jeffy boys the jeffy boys uh-huh uh so Tanya, happy holidays. I do love Christmas. Blur me up. This wasn't a very Christmassy episode. It was, any... a, it was a very Christmassy episode. No, it wasn't. There Just was because a lot they, of snow. They said Christmas like 19 times. That doesn't make it feel Christmassy. I, I think it felt Christmassy. It didn't. At BMG and to BMW. You, excuse me? You at, will have half of our <clears throat> listeners agreeing with you. Excuse me. At BMG and BMW, if you agree or disagree, Whatever. did it feel Christmassy? Nobody talks to us on Twitter. It's true. Only once in a while. So get in our Facebook group. Yeah, if you really want to have a deep down conversation where you tell Tanya how wrong she is, do it on our Facebook group. It's basically a bit now. Like, it's what can we find in the episode to tell Tanya that she's wrong about. I had to tell Tanya that it was a bit because it makes her feel really sad, but... Don't tell her that she's just wrong about a lot of stuff. All right. You're all going to tell me I'm wrong about a lot of stuff now. Back to the episode. They're going to be like, you're wrong about everything. Your whole life is a lie. You're not even married. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, blur me up. Okay. The blurb for season four, episode 11, Easy Street, is Corey and Sean get in over their heads when they try to earn holiday cash interesting is that what it said on disney plus it is i didn't read it so i'm not sure that's it's exactly what they said on disney plus i just realized normally tanya has me read it to her she didn't have me do that today she's becoming self-sufficient i was just sitting closer to the tv so classroom or not (gasps) oh yes classroom That's going to sound interesting. That was why, me excited. Why are you excited that it's the classroom? I don't understand why everyone gets excited about the, it being classroom. 
Well, because we made like a whole big deal about it in season one. So is this three in a row? I Yes, it's three in a row. Okay, so what that if, is exciting. Hold on, hold on. No bullshit. This is, all right. Come with me here on this journey. I'm with you. Uh, what, what should I pack? Um, nothing. What? Yeah. What about my toothbrush? No, you don't uh, need to brush your teeth. Should I pack a bathing suit? No, don't pack a bathing suit. Just deodorant. Yes, please pack deodorant. Okay. All right. I'm with you. I've got my backpack. It's got deodorant in it. Let's go. Okay. So what if Disney Plus, big fans of Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World, the podcast, and really, really big fans of the classroom are not bit. Okay? They just switched it. They switched it knowing that they were about to get a break in the classroom or not. Classroom. Answer. They had two. They wanted that three so bad. Somebody's just sitting at home like, God, I just want to hear it the third time. That'd be so exciting. And then they just flipped them in the database just so that we would have three classrooms in a row. This was the best vacation I've ever been on. This journey that you took oh, me on. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, thank you to Disney Plus. Um, who? What's their name? Like, who would it be? It's it's uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas at Disney Plus. Thank you for switching the episodes around for this classroom or not. This is the greatest moment of my life. All right. So we're in the classroom and Topanga is reading. That's the last thing I wrote. So you just go ahead for the rest of the episode. Oh, okay. Topanga's reading. She's reading Robert Frost. She's like, two roads, blah, blah, blah. Mr. Turner is sitting very, very casually on the desk, very close to Topanga. I thought it was a little too close and casual, but whatever. He's cash. He's a cash dude. He is. But, but he's got that yeah. spiffy haircut now. But like, as we have learned now, though, like all the cash dudes were not, not very safe with the teenage girls. Yeah, but, I mean, so far, he's been okay with teenage girls. I did feel like he was sitting a little too close and casual to Topanga while she was reading poetry. I I don't know. I'm just saying, like, we know from, like, history now that a lot of the casual teachers ended up being Mm -hmm. creeps. Mm -hmm. And that was why they were so casual, because they wanted to be hip and be like, oh, you know, I think I'm, I, I understand your issues. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, not not Mr. Not Mr. Turner. No. He's fine. Like he was basically friends with this group for a while, so right. I think he probably does feel pretty comfortable just like hanging out with them, but whatever. At first it struck me as like he's he's sitting kind of yeah, loosey goosey over there next like, to Topanga. In twenty twenty I wouldn't be surprised if Mr. Turner has a Twitter and he's answering DMs at late at night to students and it's nothing and I mean it's it's all it's all nothing. What's the word am I looking for? It's nothing. It's nothing insidious. Insidious. It's just, it's just he's answering them and he shouldn't be. Right. So like the parents are saying that and they're like, Mr. Turner. Right. And this is, I mean, everybody loves Mr. Turner. He, you know, makes songs on snow days and stuff. All right. That's another joke just for me. It was a good one, though. It was a good one. We just had a similar situation in our school district with the superintendent superintendent here who just got investigated for being on Twitter, answering kids in the wee hours of the morning. And everyone was kind of like, hey, I don't think anything wrong is going on, but this is still kind of wrong. So don't do that. He got like a smack on the hand over it. Yeah. Or something. Anyway, 
What were we talking about? Topanga's, uh, Topanga's reading, reading Robert Frost. The the road not taken. Uh-oh. And uh, she finishes, and Mr. Turner is like, "All right, let's discuss this." And he. <laughs> uh, what? What's that? That's Corey and Sean sleeping. What? How could they sleep during Mr. Turner's class, especially when Topanga especially is reading? Especially when Topanga's reading. That's the problem. Like Corey, what a dick move. That's your girlfriend. I mean, is it? Because for two episodes now, they haven't really seemed like boyfriend-girlfriend. Maybe they aren't. I don't know anymore. Everything's lost and confusing to me. Because we were gone for one week? Yes. Uh, So, uh, Sean says something like, Why do I care about roads? We can't even drive. Well, well, first, they're asleep. And Mr. Feeney walks in the back door of the classroom, right behind them. And he was like, oh, I thought they napped in my class. And? And then they wake (laughs) up. (laughs) They wake up and Sean's like, I don't even know what class I'm in. Because Mr. Feeney's there and Mr. Turner's there. It confused him. What he doesn't realize for some reason is that he sits the opposite way in Mr. Feeney's class. Yeah. And then... um... Uh, Mr. Feeney says, like, oh, isn't he fun? Or whatever, after he says the whole road thing. And, uh... And Mr. Turner's like, I'd like to think that people like him are job security. I didn't get that. Because as long as there are people who uh, need to be taught something, he has a job. Oh, okay. That's what I got from it. I guess. Hit us up on Facebook if you have a different interpretation of this. (laughs) Tell Tanya she's wrong. (laughs) Um, So, anyway... Um, somebody needs to tell me I'm wrong about something. I'm getting a big head. You've always had a big head. <laughs> Thanks. So, <laughs> anyway. So. They're talking about how it's Christmas break and they need to uh, do a report based on one of their decisions that they made over Christmas break that are going to ch- make or break their or change their life. Because Mr. Feeney has said that the poem is about choices and how each choice will send you down a different road and you can't necessarily go back to the other road and take the other direction. Like you, once you pick your road, that's the road of life that you're on. And um, Sean's basically like, I mean, we can't even drive yet. And well, so he says, what's the what's the last major decision you made? And Corey said, I just took a job as a gopher at the local restaurant or whatever. Um, And Sean says, yeah, and I just took a cushy union job down at the docks. And uh, so like what what could possibly go wrong or whatever? And Mr. Turner says, if you make the wrong choice, like you're going to end up waiting at the convenience store every morning for their shipment of lottery tickets trying to win the lottery and sean's like so how's it different from my life anyway i thought it was a really weird dig it was from mr turner who adores this child it like was. it's almost like all of the like the moment that sean had a family again the writers forgot <laughs> or that, mr like, turner was just like you know what fine if you don't want me i don't want you either but i don't i I don't think so. Or maybe he's just so invested with Sean that he's saying, he's lashing out because he's so worried about Sean. Maybe. Because I know we all do that sometimes where we're like, we're so worried about someone that we end up saying something hurtful, but um, who knows, whatever. It, it, It was a bummer. Anyway, so now we go to the store. We go to the store where Eric is talking to Lonnie 
the really pretty girl who got a job there a few weeks ago. And she's decorating a Christmas tree. And he's just like, yeah, I'll bet Christmas in the mountains it's, must be really, really nice. And she's like, yeah, it's fantastic. Like, I'm in one room decorating the Christmas tree. And my mom is in the other room making dinner. And my brothers chop the tree down. And then she just starts bawling her eyes out. And Eric comes over and is just like, yes, I can like hug her. And he swoops in for a hug and she leans over and wipes her nose on him. He says, yes, use me as a handkerchief. And Tanya goes, oh, see, it's normal. Um, because she has, uh, uh, gotten her snot on my clothing many times. And I said, no, didn't you hear the laugh track play after that? Everyone laughed because it was ridiculous. You Uh, love my snot. Oh boy. Um, it, it kind of seemed to me like Eric was intentionally trying to make her sad and that was bad. It was, it was gross, But. but he, he says like, you know what? I'm going to take you home for christmas and she goes eric that's 500 miles away and he goes i don't care and alan didn't say anything alan is watching them creepily like just off in the background he's just watching this transpire i mean at this point eric's an adult like he can make his own decisions sure but at this point alan is now his boss as well as his dad and eric is saying yeah i'm leaving work bye well I was under the impression that because they were, like, leaving, like, the day before Christmas Eve that maybe they were going to be closed for a few days for mm. Christmas. I don't know. So, um, anyway, so now we go to the restaurant where Corey is working. C- Corey is... Dressed all dapper. Kind of, yeah. He's got a bow tie. He's got a bow tie. He's very swanky, and he um, comes over with a cappuccino to these two older guys, which... Um, is Scuttle from uh, Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. And another guy, Soupy Sales, who he was in a lot of old movies, but I don't remember which ones. Oh, okay. I just, I knew Scuttle from Little Mermaid. What's his real name? Mm, Buddy Hackett. Buddy Hackett. Very famous comedian. Yeah, very famous. Um, but really, he's just Scuttle. <laughs> to Tanya. So... So Corey walks over to them and does his Corey thing where he's just like, Sam sent me over with coffee, over explaining things, and they're like, "Stop talking," and uh, he hands them a cappuccino, and the one guy says, uh, "Who made this?" And Corey is like, "Uh," and he says, "Choose your words very carefully," and Corey is like, "Um, I did." <laughs> and he goes, well, this is the best coffee I've ever had in my life. Try this, um, Sam. No. He was Sam? Uh, no, Sam is the bartender. Oh, right. Damn it. It's Mr. Fontini and Mr. Martini. Fontaine. Is it? Mm-hmm. I thought it was Fontini. No, nah, it's Fontaine. I remember. Mm, because it rem- I wrote it down. What'd you write down? Fontini. Okay. It's Fontaine. Everybody on Facebook, go ahead and let Tanya know how... <laughs> But no, I remember it's Fontaine because I kept thinking about Bioshock and Mr. Fontaine, Frank Fontaine is the bad guy or one of the bad guys in Bioshock. I could tell you all about Bioshock. Let me tell you about Bioshock. Let's not talk about Bioshock. Okay. So anyway, uh, they're very excited about his cappuccino. They give him 20 bucks and uh, say, if you keep doing this, we'll give you 20 bucks again. Right. And then he says, I got another job for you. 
I need you to accompany my young bride to the beauty parlor to get her hair done. And he's like, I don't think I can because Sam over there says that I need to be here at the restaurant. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Sam does what we tell him to, too. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So it's pretty obvious at this point to everyone that these are like mob guys, kind of. But anyway. I think Not to if, Corey. If I were working in a restaurant and these, like, they they looked like just, like, sweet old men, I wouldn't have thought that they were mob guys. I mean, I wouldn't. Especially with a name like Fontaine and not Fontini. <laughs> um, Frank Fontaine tried to take over Rapture, um, which was just, like, oh, my God. Um, so we're in the kitchen, <laughs> and... Corey's in the kitchen. It's all nice and warm and cozy in the kitchen. There's wreaths up. It's Christmas time. It looks Christmassy. I'm feeling the spirit of the holiday season. And Sean comes in and he's very cold. And Corey says, sit down, have breakfast. And Sean goes, lunch? Corey says, it's 8.30. And he goes, yeah, I've been I've been working on the docks since 3.30. Do you know how cold it is on the docks? And Corey says, uh, nippy? And Sean says, yeah, Corey, it's nippy. And he says, do you want to watch me break my ear off? Uh, and Corey goes, um, well, it sounds like you just lost cocoa privileges. I loved their exchange in this part. It yeah. was very, like, slapsticky, and I don't know. It was very fun. Yeah. Anyway, so Sean basically tells the whole story about how he complained to his boss and his boss didn't care and then his boss was like yeah well you took the job so there's a turkish freighter here and sean says yeah the same turkish freighter that brought the outbreak monkey because we're in 1996 that's when Corey takes away coco privileges because mm. uh sean was like if i'm getting it you're getting it and he's like wipes Clawing. his hands like on Corey's face and Corey's like you just lost coco privileges because he was about to make sean some hot cocoa Mm, and I loved Outbreak, so I was very happy with that movie, like, reference. <laughs> I loved that movie. Good. So then Sean asked Corey how his job was, and Corey was like, oh, it was so tough. Just brutal. And Sean's like, you got, you got a an cushy easy job. job. He's like, you got a cushy job, didn't you? And Corey's like, very cushy. So now we go back to the restaurant where Corey's working and Sean is watching. Mm-hmm. And um, they tell Corey, the, the mob guys, tell Corey, like, we have this envelope. I want you to take this envelope to the 14th Street mailbox. Oh, 14th and Pine. And Corey says, wait, there, what? There's no mailbox at 14th and That's Pine. But also, every 14th Street I know of is shady. Why? Why? I whenever there's ever been a thing where it's like, well, that's not a good place. It's always been a 14th Street, which is weird. <laughs> you would think it was a 13th Street because like 13 is an unlucky number. Wow. Don't 14th shame on this show. I'm very sorry, but obviously the mob guys are sending him to 14th Street. 14th and Pine, and Corey says, but there's no mailbox on 14th and Pine. And he goes. There will be a mailbox today on 14th and Pine. And Corey turns around and Sean is there and Sean's like, uh, it's very obvious to me well, who these guys are. Also, Corey says, 
Oh, also, there's no postage on the envelope, so if you really want this to get to somebody, uh, you probably need some postage and a, an address on it. And uh, the mob guy goes, you're a noticer, huh? I noticed that, because I'm a noticer too. Just take the envelope. And Sean is like, hey, Corey, you know who you're working for? The mob. And Corey turns around and is like, um, hey, guys, I quit. He quits the job. And walks out, and Sean comes up, and he's like, hey, because he's worried that Corey is going to get hurt because they're mob people. They're like, don't worry. Corey is, he's not a talker. Like, he's not going to say anything about you guys. Like, everything is fine. And the mob guys are just like, so you're very loyal. We like loyal. You want a job? Because we have an opening. Take this envelope. And so now Sean has gotten roped into working for the mob. I mean, he didn't get that roped. Like, he just kind of said, okay. He got roped. So now we go to later in the restaurant. Sean is working there now. Like, he's got the bow tie on and everything. Sean definitely pulls off the, the look a lot better than Corey does. Corey yeah. looked like he didn't fit the outfit. Like, it was too small for him. And he was trying to look good for his first picture day in school. Sean looked cool. I mean, I think that's their aesthetic, period. Yeah. Um, so they call Sean over and they're like, hey, Sean, didn't you ever wonder why uh, we got no customers ever here and we we still uh, make plenty of money? And Sean goes, mm, I figured you guys just do great takeout. And they laugh and laugh and they're like, that's great. And then Sean walks back to get another cappuccino or whatever, and Corey pops out from under the server table and is like, Sean, what are you doing? And he tries to convince Sean to quit. Sean's like, I just want to buy nice gifts for my family and friends. And Corey's like, this is dangerous. And then, boom. Sean says, no, it's this is safe. It's a safe neighborhood. What's the problem? A car backfires outside, and the two of them dive to the ground and Corey's like if this is so safe why are we why did we dive to the ground together then and Sean's like I don't know because we're friends and we do everything together (laughs) (laughs) um so now we are in the car yeah whose car are we in we're in Eric's car right I think yes we're in Eric's car Lonnie looks annoyed I thought she was annoyed because Eric keeps trying to put moves on her while he's driving. Yeah. And she's like, Eric, I'm getting this really strong feeling. He's like, oh, yeah, like, I'm getting a strong feeling, too. We're feeling the same thing. And she's like, mm, this is not like, I don't, I, I don't know what to do about this feeling. And he's like, it's okay. Like, we're, we'll be fine. We'll just, we'll take it slow and it's fine. And then she's like stop the car he's like oh okay and she's like here comes a blizzard and he's just like wait what and he she was like here comes a blizzard a blizzard is coming this bad feeling that i had was because a blizzard was coming and he's like it's not a blizzard it's just some really pretty romantic fluffy flurries coming down and she's like what no it's a blizzard and then the next thing you see is they are trapped in the car in a blizzard. And Eric is freaking out and she's like, calm down, Eric, we're going to be fine. And he says, oh, you're right. You know what? I work in an outdoor store. I know what to do. <gasps> Everything's 30% off. And then he starts banging his head up against. Because the... he's decided he has to protect her. Yeah. 
So he starts banging his head up against the door to try to get out, and then he knocks himself like loopy, and uh, we're done in the car. Yeah. So we go back to the kitchen at the Matthews house. Sean is giving Corey a gift. It's a really nice watch. Yeah. Corey opens it. It's a really expensive watch. Corey's like, I can't. I can't take this. And Sean's like, why? I've been wanting to get you a nice gift like this for our entire friendship. And Corey's like, I can't take this because of where the money comes from. And Sean's like, I got your name engraved on it. And he he did. And Corey's like, okay, like, thank you. Um, But now... Now that you've got these gifts... You can quit. And Sean's like, Corey, I can't quit. This is easy money. Uh... He goes through the whole thing like, I just, you know, I I never felt like I could make money like this. It's pretty easy. And Corey says, I got $140 working for them. I'll give it to you right now if you quit. That's what's easier money than that. And Sean's like, Corey, no, I need to do this. And Corey gives up and he says, okay, fine. But tomorrow night you'll be at my Christmas Eve thing, right? And Sean says, yeah, of course. I wouldn't miss it. Right. Um, Giving us those holiday feels. (laughs) I'm feeling, um, I'm feeling like it's Christmas in here. I'm not. So Sean starts walking out and Corey goes, hey, Sean, for real, though, thank you so much. Not because of how much this cost, but because of who it's from. Just sweet. It was really sweet. Uh, so now it's later. It's, uh, it's we're back in the living room. Yeah, We're in the living room and Amy and Alan are sitting on the couch. And, Happily watching TV together. In bursts Lonnie carrying Eric sort of like just kind of like leading loopy Eric into the living room. They're like, what are you guys doing back? Like, I thought you were on your way to Lonnie's and Lonnie's like, we were, but we got stuck in a freak blizzard. And Eric is like, still like mommy, daddy, like acting all weird. And she's like, he hit his head really hard. Um, and they're like, Oh goodness. Like, let me go get you some soup. So they leave the room and, Eric, like, looks at Lonnie and she goes, Eric, um, I don't mean to alarm you, and I didn't want to scare your parents, but we almost died. And Eric is like, what do you mean? And she says, like, the temperature got so cold that I had to do the only thing I knew to warm us up. Well, she's like, so I wrapped you in my arms and I was, you just kept shivering and shivering and you were unconscious and like you were shaking so hard and nothing I would do warm you up. So I remembered in a survivalist class that like... And as she's saying this, he's starting to get like freaked out. Like he's like, I, I, missed, I missed you holding me? I, I would have remembered that. And then she goes on. Um, she's like, so then like I took your clothes off and I took my clothes off. And he's and like, uh, oh, oh. And uh, and wrapped us in the sleeping bag because body heat is the most important thing. And so, yeah, they were wrapped in a sleeping bag naked together. And he doesn't remember because he was unconscious. And he just he's freaking out about it. And Amy walks back in and hands, hands him the soup. She's like, it's soup time, everybody. And he's like, great. I'm awake for the soup. I'll remember that. So then we go back to the restaurant. Yeah. And um, Sean thinks he's he's like, okay, like... His shift uh, is over. His shift is over. He's like, I'm done. Everything you asked me to do, like, I'm going, I'm leaving. It is Christmas Eve now. And um, the guys are like, oh, we have one more thing for you to do. And he's like, oh, I, I have a thing to go to. And they're like, oh, it's just one more thing. We need you to take this box 
stand outside the warehouse and a guy is going to come get the box from you, give you an envelope, and you're going to bring that envelope back here. And we'll give you $200. And they just put the $200 down on the table. Next thing we see is Sean standing outside on the corner holding a, a box. Right. Shivering. And waiting and waiting and waiting. And then, like, out of the mist comes... Corey. Corey, how did he know he was there? Yeah, he's got some weird GPS on Sean in 1996. Yeah, they don't have cell phones. They can't even, like, text each other, like, oh, hey, Sean, where are you? And Sean's like, I'm over in front of the warehouse on 14th and... And whatever. And there's no chance that the mob guys, like, Corey didn't go to them and ask. And if he did, they didn't say, oh, let's tell you exactly where Sean is holding the box of whatever he's holding. Right. Uh, But anyway, Corey just appears and is like, Sean, what are you doing? It's time to go. It's Christmas Eve. And Sean is like, no, I can't go. Like, I have a job to do. I told them I was going to do a job. I'm going to finish it. And Corey goes, oh, so loyal. You're so loyal, which... They love in a worthless little coffee boy or something. And Mm -hmm. I was like, damn, Corey. It was like the brutality I think that he needed. You think? Yeah. Like it's those like, um, I guess the, the honest, the, the hard honesty, like where people are just like, uh, let me just let you know what's going on. Like, this is the truth. And it might be tough to hear, but like, you have to hear it because if you don't like you, you will stay in this state of, of, uh, denial and telling yourself everything is fine. Yeah. So they, Corey tries to convince him to open the box and see what's inside of it. And Sean's like, no, like I, I did. I don't. I. I want to keep doing this because I don't want to spend my life at a convenience store waiting for lottery tickets. And Corey's like, "This is the road that you're taking. Like, this is a big choice that you're making. This is the one that you're gonna make." And he goes through a whole whole speech. Like they talk about the teddy bear and whether or not uh, what the street value of that. Like, what if it's just a teddy bear in the box? And Corey's like, "Yeah, well, I wonder what the street value is of that teddy bear." Um, and, and Corey does make a very, very good speech about, like, they they picked you because they knew that you were down on your luck, basically, and that you would do what it takes. They find the people that will do whatever it takes to, um, I guess, have the life that they didn't think they could have. Yeah, and... It was a good speech, and Mm -hmm. Sean does need to quit. Uh, Sean does not need to quit in the middle of this, because this this seems very dangerous to me, where he's going to walk back and give them the box and say, no, never mind, I'm not going to do it. Like, I would probably just go ahead and hand that box over and wait for that and then quit. But they would still have to go take the envelope back. Sure, no, and and quit then. I think yeah. they have shown to be reasonable guys, but if you're in the middle of a job that's probably going to um, uh, make them lots and lots and lots of money, they might have something to say when you take the box back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it might not be good. Right. Even, uh, even though they've been very nice and caring so far. Right. I... I I just, it. I feared for Sean's life. I wanted to be like, Corey, shut up. Let him do this and then talk him out of doing it right. anymore. They had Christmas Eve to get to. Yeah. It is so important for them to go to Corey's house where they just were opening uh, gifts. Yeah. So now we go to the credit scene. 
post-credit scene. Um, sure. And uh, everyone's there. Lonnie's still there. Eric is there. Amy and Alan are there. Mr. Turner is there. Mr. Feeney is there. And Corey and Sean are there. <laughs> Thank you for setting this beautiful scene for me. Thank you. Um, I would like to point out there's a Christmas tree. There's Christmas decorations. It looks very, very holiday, happy, festive. I'm feeling the Christmas spirit. I would also like to point out that when this scene started and they were in front of a giant Christmas tree, I thought to myself, self, I forgot it was Christmas. And then I see the Christmas tree and I remembered. They said it was Christmas Eve 30 times. I know, but that doesn't make it feel Christmassy. Anyway, so Alan's opening a sweater or or uh, or uh, like a flannel work shirt that he's not excited about. Well, he picked it. He picked it, and Amy's like, I see, you, you wanted, wanted it. And he says, yeah, I just kind of wanted a surprise. It was a weird, like, it was it was weird because it had nothing to do with anything. It was just... Now we're at Christmas Eve at the house. So then, um, Eric starts freaking out, saying that it's getting it's gonna it's getting cold again. It's for, we're in a blizzard. He's like, Lonnie, we're in a blizzard. I need you to warm me up. And she's like, Eric, I just I just want to say I made the whole thing up. I thought it was funny. And he was like, Really? And she goes, Yeah, it was just a joke. Uh, cute butt though. So, um. And then Mr. Feeney sets up a camera, tells everybody to get in close, and then they all take a picture. It's very adorable, and that's it. And scene. Yes. So, Tanya. Yes. How did you feel about this episode? I felt fine about it. It was fine. Hmm. It wasn't bad, and it wasn't good. It was just fine. Um, it was another one where it was like, okay, people are taking advantage of the fact that Sean is poor. Uh, so that's fun. Um, I think Corey had some really, really good speeches in this one. So that was nice. But here's what I think. Yes, I I did ask you what you think. Mr. Fontini and Mr. Martini were not mob people at all. But they heard them say that these, they heard the kids say that they were in the mob and they decided to, to like, fuck around with them. Maybe. And be like, that's, I don't think that they were in the mob at all. That's definitely some buddy hack it shit. Like, he right. would definitely do that. But now that I'm saying that out loud, I feel like there's a bunch of stuff about Buddy Hackett that wasn't good. Like, turns out he was a bad person. I think a lot of the uh, comedians and actors and stuff from that era were not good people. True. So anytime... Dick Van Dyke is the only good one. That's the only good dick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, So... Anything that I say about Buddy Hackett is in the vein of he was a funny person, not he was a good person. We're only going to talk about Buddy Hackett in, like, just in this episode. Yeah. So it definitely seems like a thing where they could have just been like, oh, they think we're in the mob. Let's just, well, come on. Let's convince him. Here, give him 200 bucks for this box. Right. They just owned a restaurant and these kids are like, oh, no, they're in the mob. They're Italian. <laughs> Fontaine, no. Martini, maybe. So, um, keep going. Um, so that's what I thought. I thought that basically they were just uh, having a laugh and saying 
haha, these kids think we're in the mob. And that was really it. There isn't much to go into for this one. Like, yeah. it's. This was a two pager for me. Normally I'm a three pager notes. This was a two pager. This was a one and a sentence one for me. So that's. That's about on par with normal, but like, where was Morgan? Was Morgan in oh, the picture? Oh man, I don't think she, was she. Um, oh, now we, that I think about it, I feel like, like she I, was. I don't know. I specifically remember where Mister Feeney was, where Mister Turner was, where Lonnie was. I can't remember where anyone else is in that picture, and we didn't even hear Morgan's voice through the entire thing. I, I just. In in the vein of my notes, like, so I, I talked about how it was only two pages of notes, but mm-hmm. the amount, like, the crazy shorthand is just impossible. Uh, just for posterity's sake, so later on I can remember what this was about. Uh, In our episode <clears throat> that's going to be between uh, seasons, <laughs> he's going to read me his notes, and I'm going to guess what they're about. Yeah. This one says, Xmas in City, not like mountains, pies baking upset. Handkerchief, <laughs> laugh, drive you there 500 miles. And like, I'm supposed to remember what that means. And somehow I do it like when we when we re- do the episode as soon as I write these notes. Right. But tomorrow I'm going to look at this and think that I was on drugs yesterday. <laughs> oh, aren't you? I wish. How did you feel about this episode? I thought it was a good episode. It was fun. It was a it was a sitcom episode. Like mm-hmm. uh, every single show in the history of all time has to have a. I think these guys are in the mob episode. Right. Um, the Office did it and did it good. Uh, Futurama did it, but like great. Futurama does everything great. Um, but I think literally every show in the history of time has had an episode where they're like, oh. You know what's really happening? He's in the mob. and Steven Universe doesn't have... Uh, you know what's happening. Steven Universe doesn't follow conventional mediums. That's true. We're watching Steven Universe again, guys. Surprise! Surprise, and that means that's all Tanya's going to talk about. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I... So it was fun. It was a good episode. Uh, the Eric story was funny. It was literally just thrown in there as like a, we need a, we need a B story. B plot, go. And because every scene was just like a three sentence scene mm-hmm. where it was like, bing, I remember this is happening. Bing, remember this happened. Bing, naked. And I really like Lonnie though. Oh, I do too. Like, she reminds me so much of Sarah Chalk that, like. Oh, I love Sarah Chalk. Right, me too. But, like, the girl who plays her has a lot of Sarah Chalk type mannerisms and mm. stuff. Even when she, like, brings Eric in and, like, throws him on the couch, the way that she stands up is so Sarah Chalk and Scrubs that I, like, for a second, I'm just like, gosh, she reminds me so much of her that I really, like, I like Lonnie a lot. What if, like, Sarah Chalk's... Cousin. No. (laughs) (laughs) This is... We've been married for a year. She can't finish my sentences. Um, well, but I can finish your sandwiches. That's true. Sarah Sarah Chalk, like, what if she saw this and she saw Lonnie and she was like, that's that's who I'm going to model my acting career after? I think that's definitely possible. Although I feel like at this point, Sarah Chalk might have been in Roseanne. I don't know. Yes. Um, I'm pretty sure yes. Anyway, what else? The episode was good. It wasn't. Amazing. It was fun. It didn't feel like Christmas, that's for sure. It felt like Christmas. But 
That's all I have to say about it, I guess. There's nothing fun to say about it. This is a short episode. Tanya, tell me about a time you thought you were in the mob. <laughs> <laughs> nothing? I am in the mob. I'm in the mob right now. Tell me about a time you thought you were and you weren't. Uh, we have to when, relate this to our lives. When I was 16, I... Don't make it up. Thought I was in the mob. Uh-huh. What? And it was Christmas time, and it felt very Christmassy when I felt like I was in the mop. Uh-huh. And I stole a CD from Sam Goody and got caught, and then, boom, I wasn't in the mob anymore. Huh. What a tale. <laughs> I'm glad Tell I asked. Tell me about a time that you thought you were in the mob. I never thought I was in the mob. I'm not on a TV show. What's really weird about that is that all of these TV shows prepared us for the time where we would meet mobsters and get, like, embroiled in their schemes, and then we never met mobsters. I worked in retail for 13 years, and I don't think I ever met a mobster. Yeah, I definitely never met a mobster. I definitely met murderers, though. Oh, we all have. That's the thing. Like, going back in, in time, you've definitely, if you've dealt with more than 100 people, you've met a murderer, probably. I used to tell my my employees that when i was their manager oh great job manager oh i just wanted them to be aware and be safe because when you work in a mall and you do like overnighters and stuff you have like a full sense of security in this mall like it's you're at this place more than you're at your home so i would like bring reality in and be like hey you know you probably met a murderer today and they're like what are you talking about i'm like what are the odds that a murderer has never come in here so you say you're a worrier, right? I don't worry about serious things. I worry about things that will directly affect my emotions. Well, what it, what directly affects your emotions affects my emotions. So chickens and the garden. Yeah. yeah. And Steven Universe. And Steven Universe. And Sarah Chalk. Um, <laughs> you love Sarah Chalk more than I do. I do. She's so fantastic. And... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna plug uh, another podcast. Plug another podcast, but I've heard her on podcasts recently. I won't tell you which one, but it is about Scrubs, and <laughs> she is just so delightfully Elliot from Scrubs. Like that's who she is as right. a person, and it's so good. Anyway, she's great. Anyway, um, anything else you want to add before we go? Because I can't make up any more stories about the mob. I, uh, you can find us on Twitter. At BMG and BMW. Or on Facebook. Uh, at, you can just search. <laughs> you just completely threw me off. I know. <laughs> you can search uh, in the search bar. Just type in Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World. You'll find us. Um, and then you can email us. Uh, at BMG and BMW at gmail.com. You know how some shows have like a, like they have a set intro. Like it'll be like two minutes of the same shit every episode. And then... The set outro, two or three minutes of the same stuff, exactly the same, word for word, every episode. I'm always torn between wanting that and hating that. I I think we're fine. So, like, even doing the email thing, I was like, uh-uh. I don't want to do the email second. And this is a really good episode for you to do that because they did, they switched us up episode number wise in Disney plus. So now you're like, I'm going to switch you up with the whole like email and Facebook. But it's so stupid. Like, and I'm, I'm being completely honest in the fact that as I was talking just now, I thought to myself, nah, that's boring. I'm not doing email this time. And, (laughs) and 
I don't... Just, just a little peek into Alden's brain. It's the worst. <laughs> Earlier, I started thinking about dinosaurs, and I thought about the fact that I was... I tweeted about it. I thought about the fact that I was driving to the store, and, like, uh, uh, our, fossil f- our fuel comes from these fossils, and... Uh, there was a dinosaur that lived like a full, rich life and like had a, maybe had a terrible tragedy in their life that they had to deal with and, and good things and bad things. And then it died and then it sat underground for so long that it became the fuel that I used to get to Food Lion to buy almond milk and cereal, Fruity Pebbles. And that, that thought is like a real thought that's just going through through the my mind when I'm driving. This is what happens when I don't turn on music when I'm driving. And but that immediately turns into starting to think about like where we exist in the world and how we're just a blip of time on this planet and all these dinosaurs and now we're here using up all the resources and then what's going to happen another 300 Someone's million Someone's going to use us as fuel one day. <laughs> yeah. Someone's going to use us as podcast fuel. <laughs> Like, we found this which dead pod- podcast. <laughs> which podcast are we going to use to get to Food Lion today? Yeah. This one sucks. We're going to use it. Yeah. Whew. Anyway, so yes, that was a very real peek in my brain. I'm sorry. Um, none of that mattered. Tanya, anything else you'd like to say before we go? I mean, do we do the whole thing again? I don't no. know. I do, like, so we've gotten a couple emails lately, and I love getting them. I'm the one who gets them because Alden forgot the password to the email address. Yep. So um, if you get an answer, it's probably I've I've answered you. Um, I love getting the emails. It's very fun. Uh, but like also join our Facebook group because one of my favorite things is on Mondays when everybody starts talking about the episode. I get so excited. I love talking about Boy Meets World with all of you. I feel like we watched it together. It's, it's really cool. And you guys really are so much smarter than us. Yeah. Like you remember your someone's probably, bef- so before you've gotten to this part, before you've heard me say these words, you have already gone on the Facebook and said... Now nah, Morgan was in that picture. Yep, <laughs> like, exactly. Um, so anyway, we appreciate you guys. It's really fun. It is so fun. Um, anything else? No. All right. Thank you guys for joining us. This has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 4, Episode 11. Class dismissed.